the bullpen. You might want to watch where you're stepping. Here's American Shorthorn Association CEO Monty Souls. Well, I'm Monty Souls, executive of the American Shorthorn Association. We want to welcome you to the bullpen. Today, we're here at uh, NCBA Trade Show and Convention Center in New Orleans, and we have Patrick Wall with us. Uh, he works with the Extension Department at Iowa State University and also the executive of the UGC. So, Patrick, tell us a little bit about what you do and what UGC is and the extension work that you do at Iowa State University. Sure. So, uh, I was uh, appointed uh, as the executive in uh, 2017, so been at it five, six years. Um, and basically what that organization, UGC stands for Ultrasound Guidelines Council, uh, and there's four breed association reps on the board. Uh, there's three from industry on the board, one technician, uh, and then the three labs have a representative on the board. So it's, a, it's a, uh, a large group of people. We only meet four or five times a year. Uh, but basically we set all the standards, all the protocols for uh, certifying the technicians that come to the farm and take the images, as well as the uh, lab technicians that interpret the images in the lab. Uh, so I'm in charge of uh, putting all those tests, if you will, together. Uh, we do one field certification a year right now. It's, we've had two in the past. Uh, it's been in West Texas the last few years. Um, so basically all the techs travel to one location. Uh, they scan 40 head of cattle and they have to line up close enough with carcass data uh, and image quality. And uh, they, they get their certification. They're good for two years. Uh, and then the process kind of goes on. There's, uh, a little over a hundred technicians uh, nationwide. Uh, that number has been as high as 120, 130. Um, but so we're, we're staying consistent, which is good. Uh, the ultrasound industry is, uh, you could say it's plateaued because it's been around a long, long time. Uh, but we're still, uh, still hanging in there doing about as many as we have in years past. Uh, it does obviously follow U.S. cattle numbers. Uh, so fewer cows means probably some fewer bulls getting scanned and that uh, type of thing. Um, so the other side of that is the lab techs. So all the people that uh, interpret the images in a lab need to be certified as well. Uh, I do obviously three of those because there's three labs in the country. Um, and we certify all those people uh, to make sure that they're tracing and interpreting the images accurately uh, with carcass data. That's the main part of the gig. Um, and then obviously I'm, I'm here at NCBA to kind of update the breed associations as to what's happened, uh, how it's going, uh, what's new, all that type of stuff. I, I'm not sure everybody understands the amount of technology and the amount of time and energy that is put into the scans that you take and the ultrasound work that you do on the farm. So I, I guess what I'm really trying to get to here is USBC, the USB Breeds Council is made up of all of the executives of all the beef breeds. They actually control UGC and they hired Patrick Wall to do this job. So your beef breed associations has the control over this ultrasound data and then Patrick becomes responsible to make sure it's done right. And and when we put this into place, it, it, it really has a lot of meaning and a lot of technology. This data has to be consistent. These lab can technicians have to read it properly. The on-farm technicians have to get it scanned properly. We have to stay within a window 
so that we know that it's going to be very close to actual raw data if you are harvesting the cattle. And and uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? To what are there percentages that they use or, or sure. different things? I mean, uh, the, these guys that we visit with on the farm are the are the only ones that farmers and ranchers have contact with, but they've had to go through this process in order to be qualified so that they'll be accepted with UGC and the Beef Breeds Associations. So all, carcass ultrasound uh, is the only uh, set of information that's collected on beef cattle where a third party is the only one that's involved with determining the result. Uh, so it's a unique set of data. The breed associations like it that way. Uh, and it's really been the backbone of the industry. Um, you know, the, the swine industry tried to have the technicians that take the images also interpret them, uh, and ultrasound died as quickly as it became popular. Uh, so the third-party verification system has, has served the industry really well. Um, you know, out, outside of that, there, it is a technology type of business, uh, but there's very few players, very few companies that are willing to manufacture uh, a probe that's they call it a, a linear carcass probe. Uh, so it, it's not the same probe that you use for, for repro. Uh, it's not the same probe you even use for swine. Uh, so there has to be a company willing to, to go after it. Uh, right now, there's only two. Uh, in the past, there's, you know, there's been, through the history of ultrasound, maybe seven or eight type of machines uh, that have been manufactured for that purpose. Um, so the, the kind of the role of UGC moving forward, uh, there's been two new companies uh, come into the market in the last f five, six years. Uh, so validating and, and making sure that uh, those technicians, um, a lot of them have been in the industry a while, but they're, they're using a new system. Uh, and the, the industry got pretty lackadaisical for a while. Uh, they didn't put carcass data behind a lot of the images, uh, behind a lot of the machines, because the technology hadn't really changed much. Uh, so when I came uh, on board, you know, we, we were looking at uh, two new systems that really didn't have much validation behind them. We weren't really confident that they worked consistently across technicians. Uh, so we went back and started putting carcass data behind every single machine that's currently out there in the industry. Uh, the other thing, you know, obviously with the technology, you want it to get better, faster, more accurate. So uh, we look at correlation is probably our number one stat. Uh, we look at error, uh, standard error, and then uh, bias, which basically bias is, does it constantly predict too high or too low? Um, but correlations usually, uh, you know, kind of in the, in the initial stages of ultrasound, 50s and 60s were good. Uh, we are consistently north of 70 and often in the mid 80s. Uh, so the technology has gotten better. Uh, we've put some things in place uh, to make, you know, hold the labs accountable uh, and, and kind of push the labs to constantly make this thing better. Uh, and it's working, it's been a slow process. It's not a cheap process either, uh, but uh, we're making some headway. The, the most recent certification we had uh, across all the machine types and all of the, uh, the, the labs that, that participated, all the correlations were in the mid-80s. Uh, that's never happened before. Uh, so we're certainly encouraged with the new stuff that's out there. Uh, we, we started with old analog systems and now we're all digital. 
Uh, so the digital output is, is probably a little more consistent than where we started. Uh, so it, it makes modeling and, and doing some of those types of things a little easier uh, and more accurate. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, you know, m moving forward, there's, there's nothing uh, huge down the pipe, so we just got to take what we've got and, and continue to make it better and faster and cheaper and all those things. So what you're really saying is what we're doing today is probably better than what we did 10 years ago or five years ago right. even. Yep. The, the technology, you got to keep up with it. Our technicians out there in the in the countryside and, and your labs and everyone, and this is the man that's responsible to make sure that keeps going, and your breed associations have put this man in place to make sure that happens. You know, Patrick also has another job with Iowa State University in the Extension Department. So it, it's kind of a neat crossover between some of that for him. And I know when he was in college at Iowa State, he, uh, he was very interested in this in the ultrasound work and, and did a lot of special work with that with the cup lab and different things like that but right now Patrick kind of give us an idea of what you see extension in the state of Iowa for example and, and it's not it's going to be similar I imagine in most states but uh, what you what your role is in the state of Iowa as you as you go out to try to help farmers and ranchers across the state of Iowa. The birthplace of Extension was in Iowa. We were the first ones to uh, to kind of implement the system. Uh, so it's it's a very important part of uh, kind of the university's image, uh, its history. Uh, so, you know, Iowa is probably doing better than a lot of other states as far as securing funding for Extension. Uh, you know, we're, we're adult education is kind of uh, as simple as I can put what Extension does. Uh, there's six of us in the state that are beef specialists. Uh, so I cover 17 counties in the southeast part of the state. Uh, there's five others that kind of split up the state. And then obviously there's campus people, faculty, things like that. Uh, so we, we set our own programs. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of people drive through Iowa and think that Iowa's the, all the same. Well, we actually have segments in the beef industry that uh, that kind of split the state. When you get to northwest Iowa, there's a lot of feedlots, lots of packing capacity over that way. Mm -hmm. The southern tiers of counties of the state are, uh, are more cow-calf predominant. So uh, the programming and what you teach uh, is different as you go across the state and across the year. Uh, you know, we don't talk about calving in the middle of summer. Uh, but uh, so we, we tailor uh, what we offer for educational opportunities based on the, the demographic of where we live. Uh, so southeast Iowa is obviously cow-calf focused. That's my interest area. Uh, and then the six of us uh, all kind of have a specialty. So I'm the genetics and technology type of guy. Uh, we have a, one of our specialists is a, is a vet. Uh, another's an economist. Uh, we have uh, several that have ruminant nutrition background. So whatever the question might be, uh, we have somebody on the team that can probably answer it. Uh, so it's a good team to work with. I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm coming up on 10 years. Uh, I enjoyed uh, when I was in industry and when I was in breed associations. It's all kind of uh, the progression has, has, uh, has been good. And I can use basically some of what I learned all the way along to, to do what I do now. Well, and, and I would reiterate a little bit uh, what Patrick said at the beginning of this comments about Iowa State being the, the birthplace of extension work. I grew up in the state of Michigan and they had a great extension work there, but that was 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And we move across our great country here today and we're seeing our universities are not funded. And it's really awesome that we have 
the state of Iowa is still funding extension at the, at the level they're doing it because a lot of the advancements that we've seen in the beef cattle industry over the last 50 to 100 years is simply because of our university systems and the extension work they do with adult education. And uh, so I, I really strongly recommend any of those listening to this, take advantage of that if you've got it in your local state. I know a lot of these states are, are struggling to maintain that same kind of funding that they need to make that happen. And I think it's really great that we have that access. We got Patrick here in Nor New Orleans right now from the state of Iowa, uh, helping us uh, share some of this knowledge. I think some of the, the interesting things for me as a past breeder and now the executive of the Shorthorn Association for close to 10 years, uh, learning about UGC, learning about how the ultrasound data is collected and what has to go on with it behind the scenes that I've learned from Patrick uh, and learn from being in this job role. I just wanted to share it with everybody out there today because I'm, I'm not sure our producers understand all of the work that goes in behind the scenes for, from our breed associations to the UGC and uh, the technologies that are involved. And, and it is governed, it is watched, and it, and it does mean something and it is a big part of our industry. So with that, Patrick, have you got anything else to add? Nope, just happy to be here. It's my first NCBA. Uh, everybody should come to one of these just to see what it's all about. Oh my, yes. It, it's, this trade show is one of the biggest. I, I think they're talking about something like eight, four or five acres of trade show here. Your feet can get tired pretty quick, but it, it's an awesome place to be. A lot of people, a lot of networking. So uh, with that, uh, we'll say so long today from the bullpen, and uh, we appreciate having Patrick Wall from the state of Iowa here as our special guest. Thank you all, and we'll see you later.